Hello, welcome to Stories with Nat. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about a bunch of creepy stories for Spooktober. And, you know, Halloween is coming up very soon. And the first story I'm going to be telling you about was posted by Written basket 18 and it is it is on reddit it's called i heard clicking at night i am writing this as a warning or perhaps even a survival guide you do not need to believe me i know this probably sounds like some scary story you make up at a bonfire anyway but i am writing this for whomever may find themselves as i had my name is logan winters and i will be turning 20 next week i attend the university of michigan tech which, for those who don't know, is in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. During the first month of school, I heard it. I can remember the first time I heard it vividly. Though the day it happened, it escaped my memory. I was making my way from a friend's place. We met each other in a board game club. We're frequent visitors of one another. For the sake of his anonymity, we will call him Austin. After getting back to my room, I sat at my desk, opened the window, and got working. I certainly was not used to my homework load yet, but I found it easy to focus late at night with the cold air blowing against me. It was then I heard it. At first it startled me. The sound seemed to have no rhythm or reason to its rhythm, but it merely swayed as if the wind was guiding it. I have tried so many methods to replicate the sound of the click. And this is the best way I have been able to describe it. Try creating a clicking sound with your tongue. You will notice that your tongue rolls behind your mouth before popping. Now, press down on your tongue with the roof of your mouth and slide your tongue back while trying to make the same clicking sound. It almost sounds like the squeak of a pig being slaughtered before popping it into a singular click. This was the sound, though much more resonant. It tended to be accompanied by taps, which resembled finger tapping against the glass. I investigated the sound, but I could not find the source. The clicking was certainly from outside, as it sounded distant, but the tapping seemed to be echoing from my very room. The clicking would seemingly vanish for indeterminate amount of time before returning again. I attempted to ignore and focus, but it seemed to only get louder as the night went on. Eventually, I closed my door and tried to go to bed thinking it would have been gone when I woke up. My imagination had admittedly gotten me worked up slightly, but I stayed calm, reasoned that it was likely a piece of machinery making some noise outside of the dorm. As I laid in bed, I found that the sound seemed to continue to get louder. I hugged my blanket tightly, praying for a moment of clarity when the sound would fade. After some time it did, and I closed my eyes hoping to sleep well finally. However, when the sound came back I sighed, was I going to get any sleep tonight? I opened my eyes and my entire body immediately went cold. I saw it at the window. Its long body seemed to blend in with the darkness outside. But what I could clearly make out was this pure white face. It it had two small black void for eyes and a mouth that went from one side of its face to another. It seemed to have a permanent smile and it stared directly at me. It had no hair, nor eyes, or 
and he had human-like characteristics. I was as stiff as a board, not daring to move. I could not even look away. Then its head began to rotate. It moved its head in quick jolts, spinning its counterclockwise from its chin to its forehead. As it moved, it seemed to stop at a set place, causing the clicks as it did so. I stared in horror as it, it did this, not letting its gaze leave me for a second. As its mouth arrived at the top of its head, it suddenly stopped. I watched as its mouth, now resembling a frown, seemed to slowly open. A part of me expected rows of sharp teeth, but what I got was worse. It was nothing. Its mouth opened into a black void of nothingness that it seemed to consume all the light that it touched. I screamed in horror, but then I awoke in a cold sweat. Had it all been a dream? That was the only logical explanation, but I could not bring myself to believe that. I noticed I was about to be late for my first class of the day, so I grabbed my stuff and went running without giving my dream any more thought. I thought to myself over and over that I had simply had a terrible nightmare, but deep inside me, I felt that there was more. However, I could not dwell on it, so I continued with my day-to-day life. It was then a few days later, I heard it again. I had been hungry while studying at night and decided to get McDonald's since there was one not too far from me, and they're open 24-7. I was walking back when I heard it. My entire body froze. I felt myself go pale as my face went hot. I could see the light from my dorm not too far away, but did I dare move? My eyes scanned left to right, but I did not move my head. I saw nothing but the large pines around me. I decided to run. I ran forward as fast as I could to my dorm, not daring to look around me. After arriving safely in my dorm, that sound seemed to fade away. Had I imagined it again? Perhaps I was simply tired. I already knew that all of this late night studying was not good for me. Reluctantly, I decided not to investigate this matter further, partly out of reason and partly out of fear. Once again, I went to bed, but this time, when I woke up, the clicking didn't stop. I could hear all the time, and it would continue its trends of having random starts and stops, but it now echoed in my ear all day and night. I tried to ignore it, but my anxiety was immense. Often, when it was really loud, I would lock myself in the bathroom and have a panic attack. I could not focus on school. I could not talk to people. I could not do anything. Eventually, I stopped attending classes and my extracurricular activities. The clicking noise no longer seemed distant, but it felt as if it was coming from inside me. I would sometimes pass out when the sounds were too loud and then wake up covered in cuts. Was I going insane? Hope came through. A knock at my door. It was Austin. We talked for some time and he comforted me. He had been worried after I stopped attending the club and did not respond to any of his text messages. He noted that I had grown significantly slimmer and was rather pale. 
perhaps I was desperate or maybe I just wanted somewhere to comfort me, but I decided to tell Austin about the clicking. I left my dream out and I told him that that sound haunted me. He was surprisingly understanding and offered to help me find professional help. Maybe I was going schizophrenic. I accepted his offer. I would do anything to make the sound stop. Soon, I began to meet with a professional once a week, and they tried to consult me on how to make the sound go away. I tried everything, and even began searching up resources on the internet, but nothing had a lasting effect. Finally, Austin texted me with an idea. He had been planning to go backpacking for a while, and he decided that going together might help me. One of my running theories that my counselor had was the sound was caused by stress, so disassociating myself from the busyness of college could help. I agreed, and within three days, we were driving to the middle of nowhere. We wasted no time after parking off some dirt road that Austin said he frequented. After parking off a dirt road that Austin said he frequented as a teenager, we began to head deep into the woods. Austin had much more experience in backpacking than I, so I gladly let him lead the way. The forest was almost tranquil, and before I knew it, I had forgotten about the clicking, and now only focused on cracking jokes as we walked. As night came over the horizon, Austin and I set up camp. He got the campfire going. We both roasted brats over it as we talked. We had been talking until late hours of the night, and finally, I could tell we both were getting tired. I offered to put everything away for Austin, but he insisted that I get shut eye first. We playfully bickered about who should do what, but that was disturbed when a sound echoed through the forest, a woman's scream. Austin and I looked around, but we did not see any light in the distance. The scream has come from behind me and sounded distant. I looked back at Austin and then looked down at my phone, thinking to call the police. I was about to dial 911 when I heard it. I froze. Perhaps I was more afraid than usual because of my brief moment of respite. I looked up at Austin and was horrified to see his blank stare. He was looking at something directly behind me. His body was pale and his hand slowly began to reach for the hatchet he had on the ground right next to him. My entire body began to shake. I already knew the truth, yet I wanted to imagine that if I closed my eyes, it would just all be inside my head. Somehow, I found the strength to move. I suddenly jumped forward, rolling beside I suddenly jumped forward, rolling beside the fire as I looked back. There it was a slim body seeming to dangle from the trees directly above where I had been sitting. Its face was still as I remembered. I was horrified as it stood completely still. I looked at Austin, who has gotten his hatchet, and then back at the creature. The flames of the fire sparked upwards, and they revealed something that had been hidden in the darkness. Dangling from the creature's black body was a singular human leg that seemed to be connected into the rest of the creature's body. The creature suddenly clicked, and its head jolted counterclockwise as it moved into place. I heard something snap, and blood became to pour out of the edges of the creature's white face. The human leg suddenly jolted from the body before hanging limply once again. Austin suddenly lunged forward and struck at the creature. 
He attempted to strike it in its head, but the creature suddenly opened its mouth wide that the entire head practically became a void of nothingness, consumed the hatchet. Austin stumbled back as the creature closed its mouth and looked at him before clicking its head one more time. I felt hopelessness build inside me once more, but managed to garner the courage to act. I kicked the campfire, sending the burning pieces of wood towards the creature. It suddenly reclined, and then what I heard was chilling. As the fire caught onto the white face of the creature, it retreated into the woods. It began to let out a scream, and it suddenly sounded like the woman from earlier, but it sounded as if she was gurgling through a liquid. The sound grew distant as a horrified the sound grew distant at a horrifying rate. Just how fast was that thing? The fire ended up spreading. We called the police and told them shortly after we heard a woman scream while back backpacking. The fire ended up spreading. We called the police and told them after or we called the police and told them that shortly after we heard a woman scream while backpacking, a wild animal has attacked us and knocked over our campfire. Somehow they believed it. The fire was eventually contained and the story given by the police was the woman was killed by a black bear that was causing a havoc in the forest. Austin and I both agreed never to tell the truth to anyone, but I feel like I have to share this. If you hear clicking at night, you are not going insane. If you hear clicking at night, you are not going insane. I do not know why that thing didn't kill me, but I'm not going to take the chance for granted. If it finds you, do not succumb to madness, or you may end up like it. I only hope that you are able to find this post and find a way to survive. Okay, so this next story. So this story was posted by R-O-T-N, daughter 66, and it's called The Friend Request. This one is a pretty lengthy one as well. It starts off saying, up till now, I have to say that I've always loved social media and getting to know new people, but after two years, I don't feel so safe anymore. I had just moved into a new place where I didn't know a lot of people. In the real world, I had a fear of talking to people face to face, but oddly enough, I prefer people on the internet. For one, it's more relaxing as you only text back and forth. The only time I refused to talk was when they wanted to video chat, but most of my friends were online anyways. We all got messenger and chatted for hours about our job or plan on small viewing parties for movies. That was before I met Andy. It was only the middle of June when I got his friend request. From his profile, I noticed nothing bad, just a few family photos and posts about his favorite football team. He even worked at a coffee shop full-time. I wasn't sure due to the fact he knew none of my friends. I deleted the request knowing my rule about letting just anyone into my profile fully. Everything was back to normal for a couple of months as I started a new job. I worked a few days so my evenings were free to do what I wish, which was chatting with my friends over Messenger. I retired early that night as I had to work in the morning. I had awoken that morning seeing Andy's request up on my profile again, as well as he also tried my other media sites. I didn't know what to do, but this guy was back again. I deleted all the requests and went on with my life. It's so strange, I said later to my friends, as they seemed to be laughing and joking about him wanting to be my boyfriend. Of course, my parents had advised me to block them, and I didn't know if that would be the right thing to do. Well, at that time, I didn't think it was a good idea. For the next couple of months, I did start to notice the same request showing up. Finally, the day I chose to block him, I got a message that seemed normal at the time, but I should have known better. Hey, um, hi. Look, I don't know who you are, so please stop sending me friend requests. 
I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable. I just saw your profile picture and wanted to get to know you. I froze. The last text was odd. How do I even end this now? I had accepted to talk to him and I only imagine how he would take it if I told him I wasn't interested in getting to know him. I quickly blocked him and started to do the same thing on all my other media sites as I knew he could still talk to me there. Nothing seemed to happen as I was able to move on. My friend agreed blocking him was the best idea as the reason he sent the request in the first place was creepy as hell. But my fear would soon come back as one night when I arrived home for a family visit, My mother handed me a letter addressed to me. I didn't know if I wanted to open it, but later that night, my mind had to know as I opened the letter. Hey, I hope you don't mind I googled your information. I really didn't mean to scare you, but blocking me hurts my feelings. Can't a guy have a chance to get to know someone? I know it seems forward, but how about meeting up and chat? I promise if you don't like how it goes, I will leave you alone, Andy. I showed the letter to my father who advised me to contact the police. But again, I told him I didn't want to start anything. Not knowing what type of guy I was dealing with, I threw the letter away. Stupid now that I think about it. All I wanted to do was live my life and now I fear Andy could be anywhere. Once I had returned home, I decided I could change my address to my P.O. box so he could never find me. I continued to go about my daily life, but... I always seemed to check around me as I hoped he wasn't watching. Even at work, I couldn't focus on my task. The sound of the doorbell would make me jump. As people would come and go, I just decided I wanted to feel safe again. Finally, after two months of fear, I gave in and decided to let the police know about Andy and how he was stalking me. They took all my evidence I had and found him just five miles out from where I lived. He seemed to be staying at a hotel and had some odd items in his bag. He was told under the law he could no longer try to get a hold of me or even get anywhere near me. If he did, he would go to jail. My life seemed to return back to normal. Andy seemed to just disappear from the world quickly after the police visited him. I decided to move out of state to start fresh. Of course, when I met Danny over a dating app, it was love the moment we talked. After a year of texting and talking, we finally started to see each other in person. My fears of social interaction seemed to go away when I was with Danny, and I knew he was the one, but it was my fears that would come back to haunt me. As Thursday night, I had settled down to my television when my doorbell rang. Danny, I called as I opened the door, but no one was there. Just a small candy box and a card that says my name. Hey, I know I'm not really able to get near you, but even writing you like this, but I really hate the fact that you did this to me. All I wanted was a chance to get to know you, but now I notice you've moved on with your life. Danny seems like a sweet guy. I mean, when I talked to him earlier at his job, he seemed pretty trusting of me. In fact, he seemed interested when I said I knew you. So I guess you'll find out later tonight when he comes home. Andy. P.S. I almost forgot to tell you. You look good in that little tank top and shorts. I mean, Danny is so lucky to have you. I freaked out. How the hell did he find me? And he'd really been watching me while I was home alone? I quickly called Danny and he seemed not to pick up. Hey, this is Danny. You know what to do. Damn it. 
voicemail. I hung up and started pulling my blinds. I kept the note and waited as the next two hours seemed to tick by slowly. I was happy to see Danny as he walked into the entrance of the living room. He smiled and kissed me before noticing my panicked expression. Babe, are you okay? His eyes went wide when I showed him the note in candy. I even explained to him the whole story. He held me tight as we slept, but I couldn't sleep. I only thought about Andy watching me from outside or worse, inside. Danny checked all the closets and other space in the house, but after finding nothing, he just pulled me close. See, I told you, no one's here but us. He said before heading downstairs, relax knowing maybe Danny was right. After all, Danny would have to really be clever in order to find a way into this place. The next few weeks, I almost had a peaceful feeling, like there's nothing to fear. Maybe for once, Andy had really given up and let me live my life, but you know, there's a time in everyone's life when you get your tested. This was the worst test of them all. It started Saturday night. Danny had left for work as I had gotten ready for my meeting with my boss through Zoom. Ever since working from home, I enjoyed not having to drive two hours to my work building. Only today, for some reason, a feeling of dread started to make me uneasy. Like an old familiar fear coming back. I tried to pull back, but my mind could only panic, knowing maybe someone was back. Even though my meeting, I tried my best to hide my face, wearing a mask as I knew my boss was very good at knowing when something's wrong. You're being silly. This is all just in your head. I laughed almost in disbelief over how I was letting this get to me. Into the evening, I watched television. The room was quiet. Only the sound of the TV echoed through the room. I laid back against my pillow as I noticed something strange. At first, I couldn't make it out, but it almost looked like a flash from a camera. Then it happened again. This time, I screamed as a man in a dark blue hoodie looked on, knocking on our window. I panicked, rushing into the room, hoping to get my phone. Every time I passed the window, he was there snapping pictures and waving at me. I didn't know what to think as I rushed down to the living room and grabbed my phone. I called Danny, but his phone started to ring from outside of the window. The man held up the phone and started to laugh. Oh god, please say Danny's okay. I phoned the police. Please, there's a strange man outside. He got my boyfriend's phone. Please help me. I begged them and I screamed once again as he pounded on the window, now trying to get in. I was told to find a place to hide and stay there. The police were on their way. I quickly got into our closet and got behind the coats. All I could hear was pounding until the glass shattered and someone climbing in. I wanted to cry out for anyone, but knew it was best to stay quiet. Lizzie, come out please. I know you're in the house. Lizzie, come out please. I know you're still in the house. I panicked. He knew my name, but there was only one person who knew that, Andy. He looked around as I could hear him calling for me, becoming angry, locking the- becoming angry, slamming each door. I hoped he wouldn't get near the closet. He was now standing inches away from it. Come, Lizzie. First you won't accept- my friend request. You put a court order against me and now you hide from me? He ripped open the closet door and started looking around. He got near me, but then stopped as the click at the front door made me look. I wanted to cry out to warn whoever it was, but I knew I gave myself away. Babe, I'm home. I panicked, charging from my spot, throwing Andy down to the ground, screaming for Danny who rushed over looking worried. Andy slowly stood to his feet and pulled a knife from his pocket staring me and Danny down. Well, I guess you'll have to watch Danny die now. I was going to do it earlier, but he was still working. Danny tried to jump forward at him, but I held him back. I'm sorry I lost my phone and I rushed home. You mean this phone? You shouldn't leave stuff in your car. 
Danny's face dropped as his tone changed into rage. Andy charged as he headed towards Danny, but I quickly pushed him out of the way. The knife went into my side. Every inch of that blade had gone into my body. Danny charged forward, throwing Andy to the ground, making him drop the knife. It all happened so fast as the two started punching each other and fighting. It was the sound of gunshots that rang throughout the house that made Danny as Andy slowly fell to his knees before falling to the ground, blood rushing from many wounds from his chest. I was rushed to the hospital and Danny followed behind. The next few weeks were long for me as I had to heal and get over the nightmare that happened within my home. Police would visit me and get my story as well as my parents even showed up and helped taking care of me. I'm glad you're okay. Danny looked almost sad but was happy that I was okay. You didn't have to jump in front of me. I looked confused for a moment as he was upset but only grabbed him and pulled him close. The day I was able to come home made me happy. My parents drove back as I watched the same street feeling a sense of relief for once in my life. For the next few weeks, I started to work again while Danny went back to working as well. My family, of course, stayed and helped around while Danny was gone. My life seemed to be back to normal, and I could even start to care for myself as the months passed. But even when you think your life is going great, you soon find out that your past can come back to you. It was Friday evening as me and Danny sat down for dinner that I got a dreaded phone call. We got some bad news. Of course, nothing good comes from someone that tells you that. The body that we got from your house, it wasn't Andy. I froze, trying not to panic as Danny looked down. What do you mean? It was him. What do you mean it was him? I said almost in disbelief. We are on the lookout for him, but we found a note in the pocket of the hoodie and feels it was best if you take a look at it. I agreed as I would go down in the morning. We arrived at 10 a.m. as I sat me and Danny down, handing me the letter. I couldn't believe what I was reading. Dearest Lizzie, by now you probably learned his name is, well, I should have said was at this point. Loney is my younger brother. He never had a great childhood. In fact, he turned into a drug addict, so it was easy to get him to play me and take the fall. Where I'm at, you won't know until I want you to. I know you'll see things my way. In fact, I know you will. But Liz, come on, just understand all of this death can be stopped. I mean, I had been proven right. I mean, I had proven a point right. Well, I guess you'll find out soon what I did. Don't either think about telling the police anyway. Andy, P.S. You may want to check on your parents. You may never know when their time is up. I panicked as I called my mother, but there was no answer. The police rolled to the house and reported my parents were found dead, with a note written in their blood saying, TikTok Lizzie, many had to die before you had given me a chance. So this is um, from Proggy Lelfer. It's called Last Call Part 1 and it's also on Reddit. I rushed down the stairs grabbing the phone off the wall. Hello, Kylie speaking. I beam out waiting for a response. When I don't get one, I brush it off assuming it's just another lame prank from my little brother, Jake. I'm about to hang up when I hear struggling from the other line. It sounded like someone running in a hurry. I chuckled at Jake's desperate attempt to scare me. Jake, I know it's you. I'm not scared. I say nonchalantly, scoffing. The person, Jake, on the other line pauses before someone walks closer to the phone. There's deep sniffling noises before someone breathes out into the line. Kylie! I hear an eerie voice. It's deep and gruff. Kind of like an old chain smoker. I groaned at the lame prank and slammed the phone. So not scary, I mumbled to myself. 
and it says this is just the lead up to the horror story part two will be up soon so let's go to part two over the next few weeks i received the same call they were most they were mostly limited to running and heavy breathing but lately things have been a little more unnerving the phone starts ringing again i angrily stormed to it picking it up stop calling me stop calling me i'm getting sick of these freaky calls i yelled going to put the phone down before pausing as i heard a voice speak from the other line wait please kylie kylie is this you this is the last call i can get to you please listen he's coming he's coming for you whatever you do don't open the door i hear them rush out still convinced this is a sick joke i ask who is this a silent follows and then i hear rustling and a distant voice it's the same gruff voice from before any last words kylie it's me how is this even possible suddenly a piercing scream cuts through the audio and then the call ends somehow i gasp my thoughts running wild did i just hear someone did i just hear someone me get murdered i place my hand on my chest checking my i place my hand on my chest Checking my body is still solid before sighing. Still here. I don't know what she's talking about. Who is he? I hope I never get to... And that's how the story ends. <laughs> so this is called The Mirror from Any Significance, 8548. The story takes place when I was a dumb middle school student. I had this abandoned house near my house. I had been dying to explore it. Oh, much I wish I didn't. I had crappy friends in middle school and had asked them to explore the house with me. They immediately agreed. The end of the school day came and we walked to the house. Once we got there, I started second guessing. I wondered, should we go in or not? We went in anyways. Me and one of my other friends explored one side of the house while the others explored the other side. I went inside the bathroom, the house separating from my friends in the process. The bathroom was disgusting. Every inch of it was covered in dirt. I looked in the bathroom mirror and got confused. It was clean. Why would it be clean when every single part of the bathroom was dirty? I stared at the mirror confused. After a while, I felt I couldn't stop looking at it. Like I would try to turn my head, but I couldn't. That's when I heard my friends calling my name. I snapped out of it and ran out of the bathroom yelling, what? One of my friends approached me and said they had been looking for me for hours. Hours? How? I'd only been staring at the mirror for a few minutes. I asked what they meant since I was in the bathroom staring at the mirror for a few minutes. It hadn't been long. They showed me the time. It was five. It was 5 p.m. But we got here at three. How could I have been staring at the mirror for like that for two hours? I called out for my other friends. And once they got to where we were, I told them to follow me. I brought them to the bathroom, not looking. I pointed at the mirror and I told them I'd, I had only been looking in this mirror for a few minutes. It couldn't have been two hours. They looked at me like I was crazy. That's when they said nothing's there. I looked where the mirror used to be and it was gone. How? I had just been looking in it. I swore up and down that there was a mirror there, but they didn't believe me and told me they were going home and I should as well. After they left, I left as well. I knew there was a mirror there. I knew it. No one believed me, but I knew it was there. I knew I had been looking in a mirror for only a few minutes. Why did it disappear? Why? After that, my friend stopped hanging out with me and completely ditched me. 
I knew it was because they didn't believe and thought I was weird, but I knew what I saw. I wanted to prove to everyone that it was true. There was a mirror there, so I decided to go to the house again. This time, I stopped at my house and took my phone to record. I told my mom I was going to hang out with my friends. I headed back to the house with the phone. I got inside, headed to the bathroom while I was recording. I went inside and the mirror was there again. I knew it. I knew the mirror was there. I filmed the mirror without even looking at it in case I would be stuck looking at it for a bit. Then I left. Once I got back home, I looked at the footage and the mirror was gone. I couldn't prove anything to anyone. How is this even possible? I never got to prove it. Everyone in my school thought I was a complete weirdo. I know what I saw that day was real. It couldn't have been fake. Do you believe me? I swear, I know what I saw. Please believe me. So I am actually going to end it right now. So yeah, if you guys really enjoy these stories, please tune into next week's episode where I'm going to tell you different stories. Um, I'm probably going to stick with like, am I the asshole stories? But um, yeah, follow us on Instagram at stories with Nat. And if you're interested in true crime, go ahead and listen to No Crime Like True Crime. Thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you have a wonderful day.